G'day, how is everybody? I hope this finds you well, and I want to thank you for listening in from wherever and whenever you're doing so. I'm your host, Darren, and this is Season 2, Episode number 12 of My Guest List Pod, and today it's another show in the interview series. If you're new to the show, this is how it works. Each episode, I invite a guest creator onto the show, and we count down a top 10 list in our topic of their choosing. Along the way, we take breaks and ask them questions that delve a little deeper into their world and get to know them and their work a little better. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find me at my guest list pod pretty much everywhere you look. I would have to say that Instagram is still my go-to platform at the moment, so drop me a hi or a message, and if you're tuning in for the first time, let me know what you think of the show. So before we get to this week's interview, I think I might give you some perspective on why I approached these guys to be on my show in the first place. Bear with me, I won't go on for too long. Now, outside of my family and close friends, most people won't know that I was raised by my grandparents my entire life. I'm talking home from the hospital, straight to their place, until they both passed away when I was in my 20s. And I consider myself to be very fortunate to have had the upbringing that I did, as it was both loving and nurturing, and my grandparents were fantastic people. Now, my grandfather in particular was someone that, when I was young, really encouraged me to investigate a multitude of topics and explore the world through books. It was a different time though, so with no internet, YouTube or Insta stories to look at, no Wikipedia or Google to refer to, Encyclopedia Britannica was your reference guide in those days, and it covered everything from sciences, history, English, culture, uh, everything was in those books from A to Z, and a full set of those wasn't cheap. But books were always seen as an investment in our house, and you could also pay them off, which is what we did. So my grandfather loved reading, language, and had travelled the world, mostly because he was in the Navy for a good part of his life, and that included the Second World War. He was a voracious reader, which made him easy to buy presents for at Christmas and birthdays, because I pretty much always bought him books. But if it wasn't books, it was crossword puzzles. He had a broad vocabulary and did crosswords faster than anyone I knew. I don't think I can remember him not ever completing one. If he started it, he finished it. And it was through listening to him that I probably learnt more, especially in the early years of my schooling, than I did at school. As such, when I came across the show that is the focus of today's interview, I was immediately reminded of three things. One, my grandfather and how much he would have enjoyed this podcast. Two, that this had been one of the ideas I had had for a show way back when I was thinking about starting a podcast and how happy I was that... Someone had manifested the idea and that they had done such a great job with it. And three, I wish these guys had been around back when I was young to give me some very important knowledge that I recently learned from listening to their show. You see, my grandmother often told me to just pick one sport or hobby and to concentrate on it. Otherwise, I would end up being a jack of all trades and master of none. Little did either of us know that the full idiom is actually jack of all trades, master of none better than master of one. Now, I can't guarantee it would have changed my grandmother's attitude, but at least I would have had a comeback for her, which, now that I think about it, would probably have only gotten me in more trouble for answering back. But it would have been fun to see what would have happened. So clearing that little uh, idiom up for me was actually one of the joys I've had uh, while listening to their show. Uh, It's been a very worthwhile investment. 
Now, we had a little issue with Skype during this interview, especially with Ethan's feed, but I did my best to clean that up, and I think it's okay. For the most part, things went really well. Anyway, without any more prattling on from me, please sit back, relax, and welcome to the world of Idiots with Idioms. Crib? I believe that's street slang for home, sir. An idiom. Who you calling an idiot? Joining me this week are the hosts of a very interesting podcast centered around language, in particular those everyday figurative sayings that permeate most cultures and that are used on a daily basis. The Idiots with Idioms podcast explores the history behind idioms from many countries, and through their show, we discover how different and yet how similar the world's outlook on life can be. So without further ado, it's my pleasure to welcome two people who are definitely not idiots, the hosts with the quotes, the fellows of folk wisdom, the men with the mottos. Welcome to my guest list pod, Ethan Arsht and Marcello De Giorgi. How are you, boys? Good. Thanks for having us, Darren. Uh, looking forward to the show. Uh, yeah, have some have some good stuff in mind. Um, yeah. Fantastic. All right, guys. So, Ethan and Marcello, what's the story behind yourself? Like your your individual stories, obviously. Uh, we'll get to your show in a sec, but uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, a bit of background on on who you are. Yeah, I'm I'm a start. Uh, hi, Darren. Thank you for having us. We're we're both excited to to be on your show. My name is Marcello De Giorgi. I'm Italian, as you may have guessed from my accent. I've been working on it for the last 30 years of my life. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm from a city called Ferrara, which is a small city, a really beautiful one, close to Bologna in northern East Italy. Um, I'm... Who am I? I'm uh, uh, actually living in, in Brussels, where I work in communications with uh, mostly with EU institutions and other international organizations. And uh, I am really interested in languages. In, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I did all my studies in foreign languages. I studied Russian and uh, American English, and I, I fell in love with, the, with, with this world of, you know, uh, words and grammatical uh, rules and errors and that is uh, why i was so interested in having a, a show that speaks about languages and cultures Ethan, if you like to introduce yourself yeah so um my name is ethan i'm from the united states and so i my native language is is english and american english i've lived kind of all over in the u.s and now uh, like Marcello, I live uh, here in Brussels, Belgium. And I think one of the things that kind of contributed to the show is that we're both living in Brussels and Brussels is a place with a lot of languages, right? It's the um, it's the capital of the European Union and you get people here from all over. And even within the city, it's already a bilingual city. So it's bilingual uh, Dutch and, bi- and and the other language is French. And then on top of that, you have people here from all over Europe and then to a lesser extent, but also from all over the world, people from outside of Europe, like myself, as far as my day job, it's kind of a thing I think about. I don't do anything. I don't really know much about language. I'm, uh, 
don't speak any language particularly well other than English. Um, I haven't studied language or linguistics at a high level. I've, I've studied other languages, but I haven't studied linguistics at, uh, you know, a level deeper than looking around the internet and, and reading what I can from, from articles online. Um, but you know, when I, when I think about that, you don't have to be a linguistic to know, to like talk about language. All of us are experts in language by virtue of, uh, using that link by using language. And so this is what I tell guests because whenever I'm talking to a guest before a show, they always say, um, how can I be the one to represent this language? I'm not a linguist. And it's like, you're not a linguist, but you are an expert at your language. If you speak French every day, you're an expert at French. Like if, if we look at like something like the 10,000 hour rule, you've spent many, many, many more than 10,000 hours speaking French. And um, so I always have to tell myself that as well, because I am also not formally educated in, in language or linguistics, but. Well, um, I think you can yeah. completely right there. Like if you're speaking a mother tongue every day and you have done that since you were young, obviously you're going to really be pretty proficient in that language. So, uh, you come at it from that perspective. And then when you're looking at other people's languages and other people's cultures and the way that they, they use their idioms, the way they use their sayings and things like that, you can, this is what I love about your show. The fact you, you can actually recognize uh, a different way of thinking in terms of the, the idioms from different countries. They think a different way and you get to appreciate cultures a lot more by, uh, by knowing about them and learning about them. And, and that's what I think your podcast does. It opens people up to the fact that, look, there's a lot of things that are very common and they just say it a different way. And we're virtually all the same, but we just have a different way of saying it. And despite geographical things that may influence some idioms and things like that, uh, like I said, people are pretty much the same the world around. They have the same problems. They have the same issues. So the idioms, even though they might be phrased differently, a lot of times they come out and they mean the same thing, though. So uh, I, I really enjoy your show. I think it's fantastic, and uh, I, I, I look forward to every episode. So I really appreciate you coming on, and, and thank you for giving me a, an in-depth background on, on who you guys are. What I'd like to know, actually, is how you guys met. Do you want to take this one, Marcello? But it, it's kind of a, yeah, it's not super interesting, but it's kind of easy. Uh, I was a friend of a Ethan's actual uh, girlfriend and, uh, they started doing, dating during the, the pandemics. And, uh, as soon as, you know, they let us out of the, of the cage, we, we started to see each other. We, yeah. Okay. And what was that moment that you thought, well, look, let's do a podcast and let's do it about uh, idioms? <laughs> That's well, an interesting story. So, <laughs> Ethan, if you want to 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 talk no, about you your moments, you're, really, you're, really you're at the center of this one. I'll, I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> so, completely out of the blue, one day I decided that I wanted to produce a podcast. I actually had done a podcast before in Italian uh, about Russian music, but I was just the, I was the producer. So I would get uh, all the recordings. I will do all the, all the work on, on it and uh, the speakers and the, the people that were doing all the research uh, were two friends of mine. So I did this, this first experience and I thought, 
okay, I really like this. I just want to do a podcast. Uh, I didn't know what kind of podcast. I just knew that I wanted to do a podcast. And that is why we have a jingle at the end of our show with me being, being an idiot <laughs> with idiots and, and playing and singing. I just yeah. wanted to do a podcast with my friends. Mm-hmm. So I started asking, uh, I, I had eaten in my mind, but I started asking around. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I had many ideas. And then one, uh, one evening we were just chatting. And uh, Ethan had also experience in, uh, you know, radio and broadcasting, and it was really good. And we were into this conversation uh, uh, about idioms, uh, Italian idioms and English ones, and uh, how come that they were uh, close to each other. And I started, like, recording without saying it to anyone. And then I listened to it, and then I said, okay, we, we, we need to do something about this. This is a nice <laughs> idea. So... We spoke a little bit and we, we decided to, to give it a try. Okay. Has it been what you expected? I think uh, so. I think the, like the, I don't know. If you listen to the, what I like is if you listen to the first episode, we've gotten much better. I mean, the, what, what I think about is like, I have to be enjoying the conversations mm-hmm. on the show. Like the, the, the thing is, if I enjoy the conversations, and they're, they're nice conversations and the guests also enjoy the conversations. Um, then the job is done, right? Yeah. And if other people listen, that's just a bonus. Um, so, so, um, but I think it has been what we expected. I think we both knew how much work it would be, but we didn't think about how much that, what that would mean. <laughs> so I think we, we were both, um, uh, yeah, we both knew, like, in theory, we could say, okay, this will be X hours per week of work or X hours per month. But in reality, we did not think about the implications of that. I think it's, at least for me, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about exactly what it would be trading off with. So it's um, double, double think, the amount of hours you expected or? <laughs> if, if, well, it, it's been the amount of hours I expected. I just, I'm not good at predicting, not good at, taking that concept and actually thinking about how it will affect me, like my life and whatnot. Yeah. But I think if people, if people were realistic about how much commitment it would be to make a podcast, perhaps no one would ever make an amateur podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because like you always think, Oh, this will be a fun hobby. And it's really like, it's a hobby that takes a lot <laughs> from you. I mean, a lot of time, um, a lot of work, and I think that's why you see so many podcasts that start and then stop. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So, no, I could, I can understand that for sure. All right. Look, what I do with my guests, uh, it's pretty much the basic, uh, or the basic premise for my podcast is, uh, to get to know you a little bit more, uh, the hosts behind the show. We'd like to do a countdown. Generally, I like to get the host to do something that's probably not related to their show as such to give us a, another aspect of your personality. But to be honest, I, I'm really happy that you picked the subject that you've chosen uh, because I really enjoy your show and I really want to know what your favorite idioms are as well. So if you want to let everyone know, what's your top 10 countdown for this week? What topic have you chosen to count down? Well, we're just counting down our top 10 favorite idioms, yeah. so nothing out of the ordinary for us. <laughs> but, you know, we, we I don't know, we've picked up dozens of idioms from different cultures doing the show for the last uh, 
eight months now. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It's nice to actually put them all together and think about which ones really stand out as particularly interesting. I've seen on your list uh, that you have a couple that have actually been featured on your show. So uh, it's great to see that you've found idioms that are now in your top 10 that you got from doing the show. So why don't we start with the, start the countdown with your number 10, uh, your 10th favorite idiom. Okay, which I think is dog days of summer. That's the one. This was really interesting because it has nothing to do with dogs at all. Uh, so this is something we came across while preparing uh, an episode about idiots that come from Latin and uh, ancient Greek. And actually, uh, dog days comes from uh, dies caniculares, which were the days when uh, Sirius, which were uh, referred to the referred to as the dog star appear to rise before the sun in, in this is this is in late july mm-hmm. and for for roman those days were uh, a particular time of the of the year because uh, uh, according to their astrology they m- might bring fever mad dogs and above all bad luck so this is something that okay it's not used uh Every day, but um, I, I knew it from from uh, from a song. Dog days are over, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I don't know. It was pretty fun for me to 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 get to know what was behind this idiom. Very good. Anything about it that uh, sticks out uh, in your mind, Ethan, or is this, this one was uh, Marcello's uh, pick more than yours? Uh, Mar- Marcello picked this one, but it's an excellent. Uh, it's a really good. One and now I'm thinking like the dog days period just ended, uh, and now I'm thinking we should have done an episode called the dog days of summer during the dog days of summer. <laughs> it would have been, nice, uh, yes. um, yeah. But next year, good. The good news is it comes around every year, so exactly. We can, you only have we can to catch wait it, twelve months. Catch so. it next time. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. All right, guys. Number nine. Uh, if, if I may, I think that we can mix them because I chose from five to 10 and Ethan. So maybe Ethan, you want to go with your number five, even if we, Oh yeah, sure. Sure. So I'm actually not going to do my number five because it's also a a Latin one. I'm actually, I'll do it, pick another one. So I'll mix up the list here. Um, If that's that's okay for you, Darren. So no, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I'm fine. Um, Okay. So the, the, one of the idioms I chose was the idiom uh, on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the ball means just alert and ready to go. Um, and it's used, I think, primarily in American English. Um, but the reason I really like this idiom is because it's one of the many idioms where the real story is completely boring, but there's a fake story that's fun. And I've found a lot of idioms where like, like the story for how it comes about is something completely mundane and, and fairly trivial. But then it's more fun if you just believe the story, the the folk story for how it came into existence. So for this one, I'll tell you the real story first. Uh, is um, the real story is that it's just probably from baseball, and a player who was on the ball is just a player who is keeping his eye on the ball. Yeah. And in baseball, it's a good idea to keep your eye on the ball in any aspect of the game, right? Hitting, fielding, whatever. Mm-hmm. Try and watch the ball. Um, the fake story, the good story, is that 
two trains crashed together because um, there was, and there was a bad collision, two freight trains. Uh, it was a terrible collision because one of the train conductors clock watch was off. And as a result, the two trains, uh, one of the train was supposed to be clear of that stretch of track, but because his watch was off, he thought it was time for him to go down that stretch of track and the two trains ended up colliding. Um, and after that, the train company said, okay, there's a real problem with train conductors not knowing what time it was. So they gave all of their train conductors a ball company watch. Uh, and if a train conductor was really on the ball, it means they were looking at their watch all the time, paying a lot of attention to their timetable. Uh, of course, that story, I think, is just completely, completely fabricated. Yeah. But I like the idea that that it was came from these this ball ball company uh, watches, yeah. and it's a little bit more fun than, than the other one, I think. Well, there is another saying as well, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. So. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So I'll go with that second story as well. That sounds pretty good. Okay, guys, um, what's your number seven or your next one, Marcello? The next one is Stick to Your Guns, which is another one that surprised me because, uh, you know, I'm not an IT speaker. And when I'm thinking about guns, the first image that I have is uh, somebody in a, in a plane uh, fighting a duel, you know, in a Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this uh, idiom comes from the world of uh, military but actually it comes from boats because on war boats sailors were mm, supposed not to leave uh, their guns no matter what even if the boat was captured even if the enemy uh, was already you know sailing away with with their boats they should have stayed there and this is an expression that okay nowadays it's used to you know uh, praise determination or uh, or courage and uh I really enjoyed to find out that it doesn't come from a spaghetti movie, uh, <laughs> but, but from history. Yeah, it's uh, definitely it's uh, if you stick to your guns you, when you, you you say that phrase over here, it it means that someone's pretty belligerent about uh, an idea or a thought uh, or an opinion. So uh, even in the face of uh, overwhelming evidence, sometimes uh, they stick to their guns. So yeah, we we use that a lot over here as well. Okay, uh, Ethan, uh, your next one. So it would be now would be number seven, but it'd be Ethan's second one. So what's your next one on the list? Right. So so the next one I had is one called uh, from Finnish. We did a Finnish episode. I think it's the most recent episode we've released. Um, yeah. And I think it's it's either my favorite or second favorite of the episodes we've done so far. But the the idiom that I went with was uh, my land strawberry, other land blueberry. Um, and what this idiom means is you're basically when I'm at home, I feel like I'm in a place where things are in order and in control. And when I'm anywhere else, when I'm in another country or another place, I feel like, um, things are out of control. I feel like I'm in the wild. And the reason for that is because, uh, strawberries grow in cultivated areas and blueberries grow in wild areas. Um, and but the reason I really like this is because I always say like this is a show about culture and idioms are just an inroad to culture when I talk about idiots with idioms and there's so much culture wrapped up in this because it 
it shows so much about like basically Finnish agriculture uh, tradition and how you would you would um, or still to this day actually in Finland like everyone is entitled to wild land in Finland they have a a, a law that basically anyone is allowed to walk or fish or or just be among wild land it can't even if it's owned by someone if it's not like properly cultivated and and actually kind of manicured then anyone can can just do their thing there and first of all i find that law very strange or i guess unusual coming from like the us or kind of this anglo super property rights oriented uh society but also i thought this idiom which seems so quaint my land strawberry other land blueberry actually has so much sentiment behind it and so much history behind it yeah look i, I must admit i have listened i've listened to actually every one of your episodes i think they're fantastic uh, as i said uh, and I, I thought this one was particularly good because it really did give us an uh, an insight into finnish culture in terms of the way the your guest was talking about how you grow strawberries on your own land and blueberries would be something that you'd find in the wild or in the, free, the 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 open land that's accessible by everyone. So that you knew if you saw strawberries, that was someone's land, and if you saw blueberries, you, it was indicative of just the wild uh, that is open and accessible. Uh, uh, it was uh, every man's law or something like that. I think she called it. Yeah, it's every man's right. Yeah, every man's right. That's what. I, yeah. So yeah. Th- I thought that was fantastic, and it was actually uh, yeah, yeah, a really good episode. Um, and there were a lot of other things you you actually were talking about in that episode that really gave us an idea of uh, what the Finnish people are like in terms of you know uh, being polite and their attitudes to people who speak a lot or talk a lot. <laughs> so, uh, and it was funny when you were talking to your guest and she was talking about how the, the Finnish are probably a little bit more reserved. Uh, one of the things that came to mind was a, a saying of the empty vessel makes the most noise was something that was told to me by my grandfather when I was young. Uh, <laughs> so when I was probably a little bit more rambunctious and, and didn't shut up, uh, <laughs> he used to say, you know, an empty vessel, uh, makes the most noise. And when I finally understood what it was, I was like, uh, okay, maybe I should quieten things down. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Your, your, your episodes really do prompt a lot of, uh, thought, I think, uh, well, they should in people. So, all right. Uh, so that would be, that would be four down. Let's do one more, Marcello. Okay, uh, I'm gonna have to to read this before I jump into the to the idiom. No worries. Be stirring as time, be fire with fire, threaten the threatener, and I'll face the brow of bragging horror. This is uh, the bard <laughs> in his King John using fire fire with fire, which is a, a really great uh, idiom, and. Compared to the other two that I that I mentioned before, here it goes the other ways around uh, because it was not Shakespeare that invented it. So I would I, at the beginning I would think that it was something you know fire with fire fire with fire was something as a metaphor or but as a matter of fact it is something that is actually being done because in it a, a way to prevent fire. Uh, fires uh, in the in forests, so wildfires would be to uh, deliberately raising small fires, con- controllable ones, yeah, called yeah. backfire, yeah, backfires. Yeah. Um, 
this is something that okay was done in the past, but it is done also today in order to you know uh, try to prevent uh, natural disasters. And it was kind of cool for me to 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 see that here compared to other things in which you don't understand what it is and then it's, it is a surprise here I thought that it was kind of super easy because fight fire with fire uh, is a powerful metaphor is a powerful image I thought that it came from uh, uh, literature and that's why I started quoting Shakespeare uh, but it has a more uh, uh, popular uh, practical sense yeah we do a lot of backburning here in australia we have a problem with with bushfires yeah. being the land that we are um our summer seasons get very hot we have a a lot of dry area dry wooded areas and huge swathes of uh grassland that uh, catch a light very easily so we do a lot of backburning here so that's a very practical uh, genesis for, from that saying. So um, uh, I didn't realize it actually did come from that. So it makes sense. Like you said, it's pretty simple and it does make sense. So, okay. So um, well, while, while we're on this, though, it reminds me that uh, we should be doing a Shakespeare episode sooner rather than later <laughs> because there are so many idioms still used today God, that come from huge. Shakespeare. I mean, I don't know where to start because like in a pickle is from Shakespeare. Oh, really? Um, okay. Uh, of course, there's more like kind of Shakespearean sounding ones like to be or not to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people still use that idiomatically. Uh, but um, not talking yeah, about I mean, nothing. Right, right. There's there's literally dozens uh, still used idioms that are just just from Shakespeare. But we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, I eventually, I think. Very good. All right. Uh, so we've got um, Ethan. You've got one more to do, and then we'll take a break. Great. So the next one I had was the idiom uh, Carpathian hair. And yeah. this idiom also comes from uh, our uh, Latin and ancient Greek episode, uh, which was probably the most of the episodes that we've done. That was the most kind of scholarly, I would say, kind of the the, the guest there was ex- extremely, extremely knowledgeable from a yes. linguistic standpoint. Yeah. And but what I thought was really cool about that is you really learned things in that episode that you couldn't learn from Wikipedia. Like yep. even a, a determined researcher would not know a modicum of the knowledge that our guest in that episode uh, brought. Our guest was uh, Federico. And um, he introduced us to this idiom, the Carpathian hair, uh, which just means a situation that's out of control. Um, and so I guess if you think of the geography of ancient Greece, you had ancient Greece sort of to the south. And then the Carpathian Mountains to the north in modern day Romania. And uh, I guess the idea was a hare, the animal, a hare is kind of out of control. And a hare from Carpathia or back then what would have been considered a barbarian land was particularly, uh, particularly tough to rein in. So um, I, I really like this idiom, though. And as a result, the, one of the missions of Idiots with idioms is to bring this idiom back into the lexicon <laughs> and hopefully so someday when we have thank you thank you when we have uh it's also the official mascot of the show oh, so, very good. Uh, when we have someday people will be saying carpathian hair to mean a situation that's out of control that's a t- and then that's a t- and t- then right on another <laughs> show and then years down the road when there's another show that's 
also talking about idioms, they'll say, believe it or not, the origin of this idiom came from a podcast about <laughs> idioms. That's the idea. Yeah. That was a great episode too, and the fact that uh, he explains how the the rab- uh, the hairs on the island uh, just bred until they were out of control and sort of took over. Uh, it was it was interesting, and uh, he was a great guest uh, that you had on. And like you said, he was very very knowledgeable about everything that he was speaking on, and it was really interesting to listen to. So, all right, guys, let's take a break. I'll let you get a drink of water, and we'll come back with some more questions. As a new podcaster, one of the annoying things I have found about trying to collect the reviews you get for your show is that Apple, for example, only show you the reviews you get in the iTunes store of the country that the review is made in. So if someone reviews my show in Canada, I won't even know they have reviewed unless they tell me. And I won't be able to see the review unless I log into that country's iTunes page. And honestly, that sounds like a lot of hard work. However, I recently signed up for a service that aggregates all of your ratings and reviews from a number of sources and displays them for you all in one place. Not only that, but they also offer a link for your podcast that automatically displays only the rating and review platforms compatible with your listener's device. So people don't have to wonder or search for how and where they can rate and review your show. Go check out mypodcastreviews.com. And I'd be grateful if you could please use my affiliate link when you join to let them know who sent you. It's in the show notes. And if you want to rate and review my show, you can go to lovethepodcast.com slash myguestlistpod. Now back to the countdown. And we're back with Ethan and Marcello from Idiots with Idioms. And we are up to Marcello. I think it's your turn in terms of your favorite idiom, one of your favorite idioms. Indeed. Indeed it is. Uh, this idiom is an American expression, and I really like it because I think that uh, it is little used uh, uh, elsewhere in the English-speaking world, and uh, I find it really, really American. I don't know why. It is just my impression. The idiom is uh, close but not cigar, and uh, it comes from the 1920s, where okay. uh, fairs and carnivals were something for adults and not for, for kids. Yeah. And so they would go and, you know, have those games and those carnivals wouldn't end out cigars as, just as prizes. And I, I don't know. Also, I don't think that elsewhere cigars are, are so enjoyed as in, as in America, at least from what I've seen in, in the movies, uh, in the sports culture. Uh, I don't know. I would. I wouldn't celebrate with a cigar anything here in, in Europe. I would open a bottle of wine. So this is why I think it's it's pretty more American. North American. Yeah. Where did where did you where did you find that? Was it on the internet or? I cannot. I, I need to protect my sources, darling. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can it, tell me, but it you was have to on the me. internet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was on the internet. There are there are several websites. Uh, it's not so difficult. It, it takes it takes just a little bit of time, you know. Uh, yeah. And then there are several websites giving stories about the um, about idioms. Do you do you have trouble with that when you're trying to find out what the the uh, the story behind an idiom is? Do you have anywhere that you go to regularly? Because I'm sure there's conflicting stories here and there in terms of um, ideas behind. Uh, where the idioms came from, uh, do you have anywhere in particular that you go to that you, you think is a, a, a genuine, uh, reliable source? Uh, so, f- for example, 
I I have bought a book about idioms, which is the Oxford Dictionary of uh, Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And this is really a great source when you need to see uh, when an idiom was first used in in written language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there are several, several, uh, websites that I go through, through regularly, but I don't know the names. Just let me check. That's all right. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the most valuable resource for me is, it's not, unfortunately, it's not a scholarly resource, but, uh, is english.stackexchange.com, which oh, is just a forum. Yep, yep. If you know, if you know, and like Stack Exchange is a network of forums mm-hmm. about uh, is a network of forums, and in and this one is just about idioms in or words in English. And um, the the people on there, first of all, there's lots of smart people on there talking about idioms. But second of all, they do they often link to more uh, scholarly sources. Okay. Um, so kind of just I would say crowdsourcing is is the way that I would we would typically get to the bottom of these. Um, I, I would say just more often than not, like we can't like, you cannot we can't say definitively where an idiom comes from. Actually, when we can actually find a, a definitive story, I think it's quite a relief. And usually we just have to say like there are several possibilities. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. This is something that we have been omitting because otherwise we would have to start every time saying the origin of this idiom is not certain, but uh, so uh, it is normal. Uh, Yeah, I I found a website that I wanted to mention because I think that they're doing a great job. And it is theidioms.com, which is uh, a great source, I would say. They have been doing a great job. Okay. I whenever I want to look for an idiom, I I go through the website uh, as well to 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 uh, to have an additional source. So what people should be doing now is just forgetting that and going straight to your podcast. Yes, <laughs> we will be your researchers. Exactly. If you submit an idiom to us, you will do all the hard work. Uh, any on, uh, any media <laughs> will will track it down for you. All right, no worries. All right, Ethan, your next one, please. Alrighty. Uh, the next one I had was one. So I wanted to use an idiom that I actually use in conversation a lot. And so one that I use is, uh, cooking with gas. Uh, and actually normally you would say now we're cooking with gas. And what it means is, um, like now things are really heating up or now things are going well. The reason I really like this idiom, I've actually, I've used it like for a long time, probably like most of my life. Uh, but, we were research, recently researching idioms that come from corporate stuff. So idioms that come from commercials or advertising campaigns, basically. And this came from an advertising campaign where the natural gas lobby of the U S tried to get, um, tried to get comedians and mostly comedians to say the phrase. Now we're cooking with gas during their comedy routines. Um, And it was this part of this huge push in the 1950s to get people to switch to gas stoves. (laughs) Um, And first of all, it was an extremely successful advertising campaign. So they managed to establish uh, gas as like a really good method of cooking. But at the same time, yeah, they they also managed to establish this idiom. Now we're cooking with gas. I think it first appeared. I want to say it first appeared in the early 40s. And then it actually really caught on in the in the fifties. 
Uh, it's not used as much today. I'm trying my best to keep it going, but it's kind of falling out of falling out of favor as an idiom. But um, yeah, I, I really enjoy the the story behind it. Well, you'd be surprised. We actually use that in Australia a fair bit. Well, not a fair bit, but we do use it. It's it, it's still part of uh, uh, common day language, I guess, and everyday language. I I would believe that totally. I would believe it's more popular in Australia than in the US. So yeah, cool. we're, a long, we're a long way from everywhere. From everywhere, and uh, things sometimes take a little bit longer to get here. So. <laughs> So, anyway, Marcello, I think it's uh, up to you now for your next idiom. Um, yes, thank you, Darren. This is my last one, and mm-hmm. it's my favorite because it was, I think, the first one that I looked for uh, when we started in our podcast, and it is Beat Around the Bush, uh, which is an idiom that comes from uh, the medieval times. And uh, it comes from uh, from hunting. Uh, hunting was a popular sport at the time. Uh, we're talking about the 15th century. Mm-hmm. And rich people, they, they would hire men to actually go and beat around the bush in order to uh, scare birds that would hide in the... Uh, in the forest uh, so these men had like sticks and they would just go and try to to scare the the, the prize of the hunting yeah uh, but while doing so they could scare something more scary than birds like wild boars for example yeah. and this is why some of them would not put a particular effort in uh, uh, <laughs> in beating the bushes, <laughs> and this hard. is where this uh, this is where the, the the idiom generated. No, so it now means avoiding something, avoiding uh, the main point in the conversation, or uh, failing to to get uh, what the things are are about, either by accident or on purpose. It comes from the fact that there were scared people in the Middle Age not wanting to die for rich people. Yeah, not wanting to beat around the bush and flush something out that may actually, you know, debell them. So, yeah, I can understand that. Oh, very good. All right, so that's beat around the bush. So I guess we have got the last one, and that would be Ethan's. Right. So the last one that I went with was uh, the expression out of left field. So this was one that came up in the uh, short baseball episode that that Marcello and I did a few months ago. But um, what it means is, and I had no idea about this until we did this episode, what it means is that at the old uh, baseball stadium of the Chicago Cubs, so, so the Chicago Cubs have played in one baseball stadium for I think over a hundred years uh, called Wrigley field. But before that they played in a baseball stadium called the West side grounds and directly behind the left field fence of the stadium was a uh, mental hospital. And so if something really crazy happened, it was out of left field because it came out of the mental hospital. Now, of course, like many, many idioms, this has, I'm sure very problematic, uh, ableist uh questions raised by it that said i think it's a really fun idiom because you'd think it'd be something kind of more i don't know my assumption was that it would be something more uh 
more germane to baseball, but it was actually yeah. like, oh, it came out of left field. It came out of mental. Like, it's insane. It came out of the mental hospital. Yeah. There are a lot of good uh, puns in that episode as well. Even Marcello, he uh, used the expression, he threw you a curveball here and there. And there are a lot of uh, baseball puns in that episode. It, it was actually, it was, it was funny. It was a bit corny, but funny. <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was enjoyable. So, guys, well, that's it. That's your top ten. So that's that's pretty good. So we did it a little bit different than we normally do. Instead of a normal countdown, we gave us your your top five each, which was great. That's that's really good, and they were really enjoyable. Um, what I'd like to do now is actually just ask you some more questions about your own interests and things like that. So, apart from doing the podcast and traveling back in, back in. Uh, to and from uh, Italy <laughs> to Brussels and America to Brussels. Uh, what other interests do you guys have uh, in terms of sports or what else are you interested in other than idioms? You can go first, Marcella. Okay. My, I would say that like, in terms of sports, I'm, I'm a huge soccer fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a, a little bit too much of a soccer fan lately. I've been supporting Inter Milan and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, not losing a single game uh, uh, in, the, in the last couple of years, and I, I I like to to read and to to play team sports when it when it was doable. Let's see, <laughs> let's see if we can come back to the time. Yeah. Now I'm interested. You call it soccer. How come you don't call it football? Because I thought only Australian Australians were, were the out, that called it out, soccer. Out of the this was out of respect for for Ethan. Uh, <laughs> if it was not there, I would have said uh, I would have said football. <laughs> uh, it's very it's very kind of you, Marcello. <laughs> How about you, Ethan? What do you, what other interests do you have? Well, I also enjoy football, but <laughs> football the way Marcello beats soccer. So I I really like. Uh, I really like. I, I'm I'm a fan of Tottenham Hotspur, okay. so yeah. uh, I've embraced a life of of sadness. Um, <laughs> and uh, another thing I like to do, I don't know, a fun a fun little hobby I have is I, I like to make uh, maps. I like to design and, and do like some amateur uh, cartography. Yeah, yeah. Is something I like. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, my grandfather was actually interested in cartography as well. Uh, that can be a, an all-encompassing uh, hobby. <laughs> so it takes up a lot of time to do it properly. So, yeah, that's good. What What do you guys generally watch in terms of – are you big net Netflix guys or uh, or do you prefer reading? And if you do, what sort of genres do you uh, – are you interested in? You know, sci-fi, horror? Um, I have started a personal battle with Netflix because – they have some good shows, but I have to spend too much time looking for them. Okay. So I'm really angry at them. Uh, but lately, I haven't been seen. Uh, you know, it's summer. I've been uh, enjoying the time uh, uh, out of my house. So, yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I used to be really into Russian uh, literature. Mm-hmm. I, I used to study Russian at, uh, at, um, during my bachelor's degree. I started a project about Russian culture, which is called the Russian translation, where, where, where we translate uh, Russian articles into Italian. And yeah, I was really into that. Now I slowed down a little bit. I stepped out of my, uh, of my little Russian yard. But mm-hmm. yeah, it is still a, a passion, I would say. Okay. Very good. 
And yourself, Ethan? Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm the opposite of Marcello. I'm a Netflix and other streaming services addict. Um, right now, right now, I'm not watching much of anything. But basically, if you put any any Marvel content in front of me, I'll watch all of that. Okay. Uh, I'll rewatch old stuff. I'll, I'll watch whatever whatever garbage is out there. It's it's really it's not healthy. Yes, no, no one's happy about this i understand <laughs> but with lockdown it's uh, one of those things i guess that it's become a big part of everyone's life i think netflix prime uh, amazon prime uh, binge stand all those uh, streaming services are making a killing because there's not much else to do while you're in lockdown so very good now the other thing I- i'm always interested in is with podcasters what other podcasts do you listen to uh i can go can you hear me yeah for sure yes you're good ah, okay i can go ahead um I, I would like to mention two podcasts which i really like mm-hmm. uh, the first one is 99 percent invisible yes which is uh, uh, a great show uh which is supposed to be about design but it is about design in its broader conception so for example you would have really different content every time uh, from example uh, um, design about a city design about uh, a specific tool something that comes out of natural disasters and uh, they they've been running the show for um, quite a long time now and it's really it's really well done mm-hmm. i would recommend it and another one that i listen to which is a show of, I think, six or seven episodes, and then it's, uh, um, it has a conclusion, let's say, is Wind of Change. Uh, it is a podcast uh, about this guy that heard about another guy that used to work for CIA that apparently uh, the rock band Scorpions could have been uh, uh, an American spy uh, band basically trying to influence soviet russia with uh, with the song winds of change okay and uh <laughs> it's really it's really good uh, there's a lot of tension it's uh i'm not going to tell you how, how finishes no. but uh um, i would recommend it okay i'll give it a listen i'm i'm big into audio dramas myself so uh and i i like to listen to something that's uh a little bit uh, left of centre, so that sounds uh, just up my alley, actually. So I'll, I'll give it a listen. Ethan, do you uh, listen to podcasts a lot yourself? I yeah, I do. I, I, there are two that I will kind of just throw out there quickly. Also, um, one I'll speak about very quickly because I'm sure many podcast enthusiasts will already be familiar with it. But it's called The Sporkful, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a show by Dan Pashman, and it's a show about food. Um, but the reason I really like it, and the reason I listen to it is because it gives me some inspiration for uh, Idiots with Idioms because it's a show about food, but it's really a show about culture. And okay. food is just an inroad to culture. And of course, I always say Idiots with Idioms is a show about culture and language is an inroad. And um, another podcast, though, that maybe is a bit less prominent is um, called Literature and History, uh, which is a podcast by um, – a fellow named Doug, M- Doug Metzger, um, and this is a fantastic podcast that contextualizes historical pieces of literature in their 
historical in their time frame. Okay. And you I can understand it. It adds to your understanding of the historical work by explaining basically what was going on in the world at that time. Okay. Um, so if you've read the Iliad, for instance, you'll you'll enjoy it even more with uh with this historical background involved. Okay. Do do you actually listen to uh, Dan Carlin, Hardcore History? Yes. Yeah. Uh, although it's, it's something you have to sit down for a long time for those. Oh yeah. <laughs> literature and history is also episodes of, of literature history are also pretty long, but not not the five hour ones that Dan, <laughs> Dan Carlin sometimes. Does. Yeah, I, I must admit I love Dan Carlin's show, and uh, I remember listening to the Cuban Missile Crisis show, and he said that was originally going to be two hours, and it ended up being six hours. And I listened to that while I was driving on a, a country trip, uh, and it was the, the only podcast I listened to actually because it took so long. But yeah, I really do enjoy his shows as well. So. But I'll give uh, I'll give that uh, literature and history a, a listen as well. So that sounds some, like something I'd be very interested in, and I'm always looking for new stuff. Uh, so that's great, guys. Um, why don't we take a, another quick break, and then we'll be back with something that uh, I we we didn't quite get to work out what we were going to do uh, for a game, but I've come up with something that I think you might enjoy. So we'll take a quick break and be back with that in a sec. Okay, and we're back, and everyone is well hydrated and ready to go. And Marcello and uh, Ethan have no idea what's in store for them now, but that's okay. What I've got for you is I've got a little list of sayings um, that uh, you, they're not uniquely Australian, Australian, but we do use them a bit, and we have we have put our own spin on them. And I want you to see if you can work out from the the saying or the idiom that I've got what it's referring to. Uh, does that sound okay? Sounds great. All right. Yeah, brilliant. All right, no worries. All right. Well, the first one I've got for you is he's got a, f- a few roos loose in the top paddock. A few roos loose in the top paddock. Or another way of saying it would be he's a few stubbies short of a six-pack. Okay. This is uh, uh, the equivalent of... He has a few screws loose, like exactly he's right. a little bit off. That's yes. fantastic. I, <laughs> uh, that is really, yeah, I'm that's a, good. <laughs> I must admit, I, I do like that one because it's very. They've put a very Australian uh, spin on it with the kangaroos. A fruit, a, uh, Marcello, if you don't know, uh, we call kangaroos uh, abbreviate kangaroos into roos. So um, there's a couple of roos over there. It just just means there's a couple of kangaroos over there. And so if you're a few roos loose okay. in the top paddock, there's a few kangaroos going nuts <laughs> up in his uh, brain area sort of thing. So he, like uh, Ethan said, he's a few screws loose. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the first one. Okay. All right. So the second one is blow the froth off a few. So to, okay. to, to blow the froth off a few. So where, where do you get froth on, on what sort of a... Ah, uh, yeah, okay. You're, so you're cooling down, cooling down your coffee. No. Uh, Perhaps. What, what, um, what else has froth on it? Well, there's milk. That you drink. And, and beer. That Australians beer. are very well known for. Yeah. 
Is it beer? It's beer. Yeah. So to blow the froth okay. froth off a few is to have a few beers. To have a couple of beers. So to blow the froth uh, okay. off a few. Yeah. What well, they're spilling to have to remove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. So okay. so that's that one. Um, uh, you look like a dog's breakfast. This seems kind of you know self-explaining, uh, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so dogs can like wake up, they're pretty hungry, they look, go nuts you, with the food. You don't look nice. You 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 look sick. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. With exactly right. When you look like a dog's breakfast, well, dogs when they you know wake up and they 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 attack their food, the food goes everywhere. So it's yeah. just yeah, exactly right. You just you don't you look dishevelled. You don't look very good. So you're right. Um, here's uh, here's look. You should now this one you should be able to work out from. From the reference in, in, in the actual um, saying, wrap your laughing gear around this. Wrap uh, to wrap your, your laughing, laughing gear, gear around that. Oh, boy. I don't know. These are tough. I, <laughs> Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to. Awkward silence. <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> so what's your laughing gear? What do you laugh with? You're, you're making uh-huh. us look really bad, yeah. Darren. Fantastic. <laughs> it needs to eat, to eat, to try something. That's great. Yeah. So to, to drink or to eat something is yeah. to wrap your laughing gear yeah. around it. So, so if we have something, for example, that, uh, oh, this is a great beer, wrap your laughing gear around that. So we're, we're offering you to have a drink or to, to eat something. So that's so, so like, I love that. That's such an optimistic idiom that like it implies that the main purpose of your mouth is to laugh what yeah. a fantastic outlook on life yeah it's not too bad I, I i don't mind it's it's yeah it's very australian sort of thing in terms of uh, uh the attitude behind it i guess so okay uh let's have a look at this one so he's running around like a blue ass fly so we have fly a lot of isn't flies. it like running running sync running circles or yeah, like, well, yeah, pretty much. He's, to the point. he's running around in a manic way. We, our flies just are non-stop here in Australia when they're in the summer, and uh, they just they fly everywhere and anywhere. And uh, uh, you know, to to run around like a blue ass fly is to yeah, just to run around in all different directions without any purpose or without any sort of plan. Um, and that's pretty much to uh, to run around like a, a blue ass fly. So yeah. For everyone out there listening, I did not prepare the guys at all and give them any idea of what was coming on. So um, uh, they are probably a little bit hard if you don't uh, speak Australian English <laughs> or what we call strine. <laughs> so um, I've got a couple more. Do you want to do a couple more? Yeah, why not? Go right. ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Let's give it a try. All right. No worries. So to spit the dummy. I leave this to eat then. <laughs> I really, I don't know where to start with this one. You you have to tell us. This is all right. Yeah. So to, to spit the dummy is to uh, another way of saying it in Australian would be to crack the shits or to have a tantrum. So as a baby, a baby has a dummy or a pacifier. We call it a dummy. So when they get really upset, they spit their dummy out and they have a tantrum. So if someone like, you know, you see the tennis players all of a sudden uh, go nuts and throw their tennis rackets on the ground, we'd say, oh, he's spitting a dummy. So that's... Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, this is really... This just shows how ba- how much, how, like, 
how desperately we have to do an Australian English episode for uh, for our <laughs> show. Somehow it's just it's eluded us so far. But. Well, well, maybe we don't use them all up here. Then we'll uh, save some uh, for for that. <laughs> Good idea. All right, no worries. All right, guys, look, that's that's pretty much it. We've uh, had your top ten, and I'll put that in the show notes so anyone can go back and have a look at that. That's uh, five from Ethan and five from Marcello. And I want to say thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciated all the, the, the fantastic communication between you guys when I approached you. I didn't know uh, how I would be received. Uh, I was really hoping that uh, you would want to come on, and it's it's been fantastic. And I really appreciate everything, all the effort that you've put in, and the idioms were fantastic, and your show is fantastic every week, and I, I encourage everyone to go out and listen to it, even if you have a, a modicum of interest in uh uh, sayings and idioms and other people's uh, languages and you learn so much from other uh, about other cultures with your show which is uh, another uh, byproduct of the show which is fantastic so if you'd like to tell everyone where they can get in contact with uh, you and uh, listen to your show uh, and give everybody your your socials that'd be fantastic uh, thank you darren it was really great to to be part of your show we had a, a great time and I, I'm going to leave this part about the social to Ethan because he's a good to, uh, go-to guy for this kind of announcements. No worries. Okay, yeah. Thanks very much, Darren. You can check us out at our Instagram is uh, Idiots with Idioms. Our Facebook is Idiots with Idioms. Our Twitter is Idiots W Idioms. So Idiots, the letter W, Idioms. Uh, you can also get us at idiotswithidioms at gmail.com. But the best way is just to uh, uh, listen to the show and then we'll reannounce our socials on every show. And so if you ever forget, just give us more listens and follow and subscribe to us and then you'll get a chance to get in touch with us. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for that. Look, guys, I'll let you get back to your day. Uh, Marcello, I know you've just flown in from Italy. So uh, again, thank you very much for making the time. You're probably a bit tired, but thank you very much for making the time. And Ethan, thank you very much as well. Uh, guys, I'd love to do a follow-up episode with you one day as well uh, once you get some more episodes under the belt. And uh, maybe we can come up with some some other idioms as well uh, for another top 10, or we could t- count down something else. Uh, but either way, I'll be listening to your show. Don't worry about that. That's for sure. I'll uh, keep up with you guys on the social media and, and uh, see you then. See you around, Darren. Thank you. All right, guys. See you. All right. Bye. That's it for another week. I hope you enjoyed the show and I encourage you to give the guys a listen, even if you have the slightest interest in sayings, idioms and the like. I'd also love to chat with Ethan and Marcello again in the future, and I think if we do a flip show like they suggested, where I'm the guest, it could be a fun episode. Fun, but also maybe unintelligible for them, considering how we went with the game. If you did enjoy my show, please subscribe to the feed so you can get all my interview and review shows, and don't forget to come and say hi on one of the social platforms. Uh, Remember, I'm at my guest list pod nearly everywhere you look in, in the social platform wasteland. Let me know if you're a new listener and tell me what you like and what you think I can improve on. Is the show a complete Carpathian hair? All constructive criticism is welcome. Thank you for giving me some time out of your day once again, and as usual, I'll be back to chat at you again next week.